You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Hey there, people. You are awesome. And I am your host, Father Craig Vosick. We are here at the University of Mary. We just got done talking with some people who want to rehumanize the world, so I have to treat my next guest like a human. I'll try my best. Dr. Bungham, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Father. We've had you before. Yes. We loved it. <laughs> it's good to be back. We talked about kingship, I think, and lordship. Yes, and lordship. All sorts of, yeah. Let's continue. No, we're going to go on to... <laughs> We're going to be on a different topic today. So, Dr. Bungie, you've been with us before, but uh, remind our listeners uh, who may be hearing this for the first time who you are. Well, my name is Dr. Donald Bungham, and I'm an assistant professor of philosophy and Catholic studies at the University of Mary, and I teach in both the philosophy program and the Catholic studies program. I teach uh, philosophy courses in epistemology, which is the theory of knowledge, and then I also do some work in science and religion. I have a little bit of a science background as well, so I cover that. I taught a course on miracles a couple of years ago, which was really fun. And then in Catholic Studies, I teach uh, our Search for Happiness course. And uh, I also teach in our graduate program um, in our, for our Master's in Catholic Studies. So uh, I teach a course on faith and what faith is and how our faith increases through, through study, through prayer, and through the, the development of the Church's doctrine. This is exactly, I saw you in the parking lot a couple of weeks back, yeah. and I, this is exactly what I want to talk to you about. Yeah. And I'm sorry I haven't come seen you yet, but I want to understand a little bit more in epistemology yeah. and faith and development, and yeah. especially as regards the divine indwelling of God and the soul. Anyway. Let's do it. We can't do it right we'll now. We'll do a show on it. Okay, let's do it right now. No. <laughs> Tell me everything. Get behind me, Father. <laughs> So, uh, everybody out there, you hear the word professor, and even if you've had great encounters with professors in your past, you think, wow, that person's dry and boring. Um, just like anybody who's ever met a priest, even if they're a young priest, they, when they think of a priest, they think old guy at the church or something like that. So, you're thinking, professors, these people are, are lame. I know that's what you're thinking. But you're wrong. The professors at the University of Mary are awesome. And they are full of life, and Dr. Bungham is uh, an exceptional man, so I'm just delighted to be able to chat with you here today. And we know everything about Catholic studies, because we just had in the last segment people telling us what that even meant. Oh, so great. That's great. So we feel like we understand you. Oh, my gosh. It's very rare. I, I always feel misunderstood. <laughs> okay, so we want to talk about suffering. Oh, great. And you told me that people want to talk about this, and I don't think people do want to talk about this, <laughs> but whatever. So we're going to talk about it for the next half an hour. So if you like this idea, everybody, you stay on. And if you don't like this idea, everybody, you stay on, because Dr. Bungham wants to convince you that this is important, and we're going to do that. So what's the deal? Um, what's the deal? With stuff? What, why does it exist? Answer that. That's like, that's like the basic question. <laughs> why, why does it exist? But um, God, God is good. Yeah. Uh, but yet humans suffer. Yeah. What's up with that? God is good. But yet humans suffer. Well, to a certain extent, we think God's not good enough for us. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's sort of what ends up happening. Mm. Um, no, I mean, we could go back and do some scripture about the fall in Adam and Eve. That's, that's, that's going to be the ultimate source of all of this. Yeah. But we see it in our own life. You know? I see it with, I see it with my kids. My kids start whining. I have a choice. 
I can flare up in anger, or I can, and or 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 I can calm myself down and be firm but gentle at the same time. And I feel it all the time right in front of me. And I know that Jesus is amazing on the cross. He's able to unite his gentleness, his forgiveness, with his firmness at the same time, where he's able to suffer on the cross and do so with courage, despite his great fear, which we see in the garden. But he unites those things at the same time. So I know that's what I'm called to, but what do I do? I get angry. And I put my son in the corner and I uh, hold him a little firmer than, than he needs to be held because I'm angry. Okay, well, I had a choice right there. I knew, I knew uh, what, what God's way was, but that wasn't good enough for me. My way was the way that I wanted. And this, this causes suffering in two places. It causes suffering in, for my son because he deserves a better father than I am for him. And it causes suffering for me because now there's this natural consequence of a conscience that accuses. And that's one of the things that St. Peter says is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is, is, the, is the gift of a, of a pure conscience. And uh, that's one of the things that we can just cannot live with in human life is, is, is a, a conscience that accuses us before God. And that is a grave suffering for us, and we'll do anything to think about, to, to, to not have to think about that. Um, but there it is, and so then we have to live outside of ourselves, and a lot of stuff follows from that. But, but you see, the, the, the nub of the issue is that I somehow think that God's way is not good enough for me, <laughs> that I want something else. And it's going to be the same thing, you know, in the garden in the fall. That's the source of all this. That's what started this uh, inclination. Um, uh, so we could we could do more from there, but I think that's really the fundamental issue: is that we we want something other than God to be our to be our end. That's what Aquinas is going to say: that every sin is going to come from a disordered self love. So wanting a good for ourselves that's not in the right order. Our right order comes from loving God above all. Disorder comes from something other than God above all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're really in the domain here of sort of me causing my own suffering yeah. at this point, right? Yeah. <clears throat> we're not talking about some of these other things like natural disasters right. or death or, or whatever else might happen, things that go wrong yeah. well, outside of ourselves necessarily, right. but this is just self-inflicted yeah. uh, suffering, which, uh, but yeah, let's take it back to the garden for a moment. I mean, okay. this is what's going on with Adam and Eve. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, so you're pushing me, Father, because I'm a philosopher, but I'll, I'll dive in here. Um, <laughs> the Genesis is the yeah, first well, book of the Bible. How about, how about let me throw it back. How, how, do you, how do you read this, Father? How do you, because I'm sure you get this all the time, right? Father, why do I suffer? Right? How do you read it? How do I read it? Yeah. I uh, well, I see. Uh, well, anyway, I just got distracted here because uh, someone just sent me a text saying okay. that we're awesome on the air right oh, now, wow. okay. and wanted to make sure that I pass it on to the guests. Well, thank you. So I'm going to pass it on to the guests in front of everybody, <laughs> okay. just so everybody knows how good we're doing right now, bro. <laughs> okay, father. Well, okay. <laughs> Doctor Bungham yeah. is blushing. Everybody, but, he's blushing a little bit. This is great. Behind my mask. So, yeah. Well, I can yeah. see it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, what I see what I see in the garden is I see <clears throat> God saying, don't eat that fruit. Yeah. All right. Uh, and uh, Adam and Eve seem like they're content not to eat it. Yeah. Uh, Eve gets uh, 
this proposal from the serpent yeah. and uh, gets duped by it. She sees that it's good for food. Good. She sees that it's uh, delightful to the taste. She sees that it's good for wisdom. Yeah. She sees all these goods about it, uh, which she would have already seen those uh, ahead of time, but she right. would have known that the Lord has said don't. Yeah. And so she would have had that right ordering. She would have kept that right ordering yeah. of... I see all those things, but like that's not for me. Right. The Lord has said that's not for me. Yeah. And so I kept that. The enemy seems to have separated that. Uh, forget about this guy who told you not to do it yeah. and that he has authority or something like that. Just look at what could do for you. Yeah. And so go ahead and do that. And so she's like, okay, yeah. yeah. So she does it. Yeah. She eats of it. That's one way of reading. I mean, sure. there's a lot of other things yeah. here. <clears throat> um, but it's the it's the forgetting of the, the sovereignty Uh of the good God, yeah, uh, and seeing, I guess, more pragmatically, what what it could benefit me. So we, it's going to yeah. end up being pride, is that yeah. what we say? You know, uh, selfish, whatever. But that's kind of a, a first read, anyway. I like that. I like that, and that it, it helps to lay the story out. So there's maybe two things that I would want to add here, or and, and they're complementary. It's just additional dimensions to bring out. So one would be, um, a kind of doubt of the father's love. Mm. of her. So you mentioned how Adam and Eve would have seen that the fruit is good to eat and then, there, um, then the serpent points out that, that these things are good and you eat it and then, then you will be like gods. So now there's this question, is God giving us all the goods that we could have? Is God giving us all the goods that could be good for us? And so now there's this opportunity to doubt the Father's love for us that this command that he's given to them not to eat the fruit do we believe that he gave that command for our good? Or do we think that he's sort of keeping the good stuff behind, you know, the, in the cookie jar and you can't have that stuff? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, th- this is a choice point. She, she, she gets to choose whether or not she's going to regard this, this command mm-hmm. as for her good or not. Um, and so what ends up happening? Um, she wants a good that is not ordered, but... Um, desires to have it anyways. And mm. so then again, we, we have God's, God's law, God's order, not good enough for me. Exactly. Right? And, and want something beyond that. Yep. So there's one thing is to say to doubt the goodness and the love of the Father mm-hmm. um, is, is another way to look at it. And then, mm-hmm. and then, and then a second thing that I'd like to, to bring out would be um, the desire to be a law unto ourselves. So again, you will be like God's. Well, what's, um, you mentioned God's sovereignty. God is sovereign insofar as he is the eternal law. Not that he knows the eternal law. He is the eternal law. Right? So that is his being, is to be um, the eternal um, uh, wisdom, which is the, the order of all things. So that's just what God is. Um, but what's being held out to Adam and Eve is that they will be like gods. And so it, it's, in a sense, the promise of being a law unto themselves so that now they don't have to order themselves to another, mm-hmm. but they can order themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, it belongs to God and God alone to be the law and to act according to the law so that he acts from himself. Human beings, though, we always have got to subject ourselves and subject our actions to another. We despise this, especially as Americans, <laughs> right? I'm an American. So, so, so we don't like being subordinate to anyone. We want to be uh, a law unto ourselves, really. Yeah. Um, and so what's also being held out is the opportunity uh, to this other good of determining um, the good and bad for one's own action. And again, there's this question, has God given me the best that he could? 
Or is there some other way of, of, of my being that could be better for me? And again, you choose this. I want to I choose the path that allows for autonomy. Auto meaning self and no me meaning law. So being a self-law um, apart from, from God's law. Um, so yet again, we're choosing a good other than God, mm-hmm. a way of imitating God, but not a way that's good for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's, I think we can propose something here that I like to propose, uh, which is when we ask questions, sometimes we're asking the wrong question. Absolutely. So when I ask a question, why does God allow suffering? Yeah. In this sense, so far, and we're just talking about myself being the source of my own suffering, yeah. really, why does God allow suffering or why is there suffering in the world? The question should not be that. Uh, in this case, it should be why do why do I choose yeah. wrong? Yeah. And it's, it's pers- this is this is not a question of God. Yeah. Uh, he's He's made us good, but why do I choose that which is lesser? That's not God's fault. Yeah. This is not God's fault. This yeah. is my fault. We put Him on trial yeah. all the time. Yeah. He is always on trial yeah. for our own uh, wrongdoing. Yeah. Right. So I think there's a there's a place where we can do that. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, but we got to take a break, Dr. Bungham. So everybody, okay. we're going to continue this conversation, talking about suffering, talking about where it comes from, who's, who's, on, who's on for this, who, gets to, who do we get to blame for that? <laughs> <laughs> me. You can just blame me. Blame yeah. Dr. Bungham. All because of me. <laughs> he is a law. Yeah. All right. Uh, I had this funny image of Jesus uh, going to law school to learn the eternal law because <laughs> he had yeah. to learn it. Wow. But he didn't because no, he said he is the lies. Yeah, right. Yeah, so anyway, everybody, we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll come back. We'll continue our conversation. Stay with us. Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Uh, I remember even during that time, and, and this was uh, during the beginning years of John Paul II's pontificate, and whenever I heard him on TV, because he was always in the news, especially with his travels in Eastern Europe, Poland and all, I, I would hear the things that would come out of his mouth and I would go, there's no way this person is not close, closer to God than I am. Mm. Uh, you know. So I always had this sort of secret respect for, uh, for John Paul II. Of course, I never said this to any of my <laughs> brethren friends. You, know? you wouldn't dare. No, of course not. But I, 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 I don't mean to disparage them because they taught me to love the Scripture. And interestingly enough, even though they, they do not believe in the real presence of Christ in the sacrament. They had communion every Sunday. And so they really taught me to love the Lord's Supper uh, and to love the scriptures. And so I'm really thankful to them for that. 
Want to know how you can help spread the word about Real Presence Radio? Real Presence Radio has just opened an online clothing store where you can purchase some cool RPR gear. Just click on our website, realpresenceradio.com slash store, and choose from 17 different items. Choices include jackets, pullovers, polo shirts, dress shirts, cardigans, and more. And 10% of each item you purchase comes back to Real Presence Radio. The store is only open until March 1st, so don't wait. Go to realpresenceradio.com slash store to make your purchases. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Father Vasek. We are continuing Real Presence Live atop the hill, south of Bismarck at the University of Mary. I see I'm in the Lumen Vitae University Center, and I'm seeing a bunch of our students. They're getting so smart. They're studying and looking at their computers and who knows what they're doing, but I'm sure they're getting smart. It's really great. But we're getting smart because we're listening to Dr. Bungham, and he is the man. We're talking about suffering and how great it might be. Um, Where we ended was with a a reflection on um, God not being enough for us or our God's good not being perceived as good enough for us. I just wanted to finish that thought in the garden. Um, as the serpent says, uh, you certainly will not die. She says what Eve says, you will die. The serpent says, no, you will not die. God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Uh, and you had made this point, Dr. Bungham, that um, is, is God good like actually good or is he like good like he's but he's just like holding out on us and Mm -hmm. it's like a relative good and this is kind of how the enemy is proposing it to um to adam and eve or at least eve here adam must be around somewhere and um and this happens to us throughout life it's like well this is this is what people are telling me are good but are they just are they just kind of holding me down and and not really giving me the best and this doubt that comes up uh this is a this is a psychological reality for a lot of us, I just wanted to kind of fi- finalize that thought yeah. as we're looking at this. But uh, on the question of, uh, oh, I should say this: this is a real presence. Uh, this is a real presence announcement to everybody. You can find us on the app, the Real Presence Radio app, or on uh, yourcatholicradiostation.com. And the reason why I'm saying that right now is because I just got a text from my mom, which is great, uh, and she's not anywhere near the listening area uh, of the Upper Midwest. She, mom and dad, just bought a uh, RV. Oh, uh, and okay. it's down in Florida. Okay. So they're down in Florida. Now they're traveling through Alabama, and they're listening to Real Presence Radio nice. in Alabama. And I'm like, this is <laughs> they great. They must be so proud. Oh, yeah. My mommy and daddy love me. <laughs> I can't wait for them to get that RV back here. I'm going to ride in that. It's not going to be any suffering. <laughs> it's a palace inside oh that thing. Gosh. Mobile palace. <laughs> it really is. Wow. So um, let's continue, though, with this idea of suffering. Um did God create it? Does he allow it? What's a, what are some ways of talking about that that are helpful or maybe mm-hmm. harmful or sure or different ways of looking at it? Okay, cool. So does God create suffering? Yeah. Okay. Well, creation is an interesting term. Um, creation is not the same thing as change. Change is going to be... Um, when a thing is modified from being one way to being another way. So when you uh, change a piece of clay, for example, you, turn, you take it from a lump and make it into a statue. Well, first, it has lump shape, and then it has statue shape, but it was something all along. 
uh, some sort of shaped clay. Creation's not like that, because creation is a conversion from nothing to something. And here's the thing, the only things that can exist are things that are real, are things that are, are things that have being. And so something that's really important to keep in mind when we're talking about suffering is going to be a variety of evil, and evil is going to be a kind of absence. It's a, it's, I explain it to students as a kind of hole. It's like a, it's like a gap, in, a hole, like a hole in a donut. Like when you, you hold up a donut and you say, uh, can you see the hole? Technically, no, because the hole is where there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing in there. So you, you can see the bready bit. You can't see the holy bit because that's where there is no donut. Uh-huh. So... Um, You're sensing a lack of donut, though. Oh, that's, yes, yes. So you can, you can, you can be aware of, of where the donut is and also where the donut ends. Right. And then there's a kind of contiguous ending that ends up being called a hole. But, yeah. um, but we can speak both of things that are positive realities and things that are negative realities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so suffering is always going to be a consequence of evil, which is a privation, which is an absence and suffering is how we respond to evils that occur to us or evils that we sense or evils, um, you know, you can think of suffering as caused by the uh, losing what we care about, either on the order of what's good for us. So uh, objectively, so like we suffer when we, you know, obviously when we're, when we're physically pained, if, if we you know, cut ourselves or if we're you know, abnormally hungry or something like that, then we suffer. Um, or we also suffer from the things that we do care about, but perhaps shouldn't. So if I have a disordered desire for something, but then that thing is deprived from me, I will suffer, even though I shouldn't have desired to begin with. So anyways, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because we have to talk about evil here. Mm-hmm. And evil is a kind of absence of being, absence in the existence of things. God, though, we see in Genesis, he creates all things good. And things are good insofar as they have fullness of being, not absence of being. Mm. So when God creates, when he makes them from nothing, he makes them good, he makes them full. And that's precisely how God desired all things to be, and in particular how he desired human beings to be, as we see in Adam and Eve. So our, our, our doctrines are that um, he made Adam and Eve in grace, and that he, so that is to say, in the state of uh, uh, friendship with God. And then he also conferred on Adam and Eve preternatural gifts. So that is to say, gifts that are uh, uh, not divine gifts, but rather above human nature. So in a sense, they're angelic gifts. So these would be the gifts of uh, freedom from harm, um, freedom from pain and suffering, freedom from death, um, and the gift of of knowledge, um, the gift of original justice, so perfect order within the soul. So Adam and Eve were full of gifts, full of the friendship of God. It says that Adam and Eve walked um, mouth to mouth with God. That's a beautiful phrase, adoratio. So our word adoration, ad means to, or ora is mouth, mouth to mouth with God in the garden. So they, they walked in adoration with God. That's a beautiful image of friendship. So that's how things were supposed to be. Dude, let's get that back. <laughs> yeah. Is it possible? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank Jesus, it's possible. Yeah. Uh, thank, thanks be to Jesus, it's, it's possible. Yeah. Not only possible to get it back, but we can do more. Mm. We can do more than that. And that's, that's what God wants to do, is to do more. Everybody, this is uh, Father Vasek, your host, with Dr. Bungham. We've got a couple minutes left. We're talking about suffering and uh, what that's all about. In our last couple minutes, let's move towards the sort of uh, healing note. 
of, about this. Yeah. Um, there can good can come. Yeah, good can come out of suffering. Yeah. Um, so whatever whatever uh, dysfunction there is in me, or disorder there is in me, or disorder there is in the in the in the nature of of the world now because of the fall and, and whatever else, yeah. good can come out of this. What can we what can we say? What what good could come out? Okay, like, good. I've got two images for you, Father. I know uh, you like images. I love images. So I've got, and I've actually got, I've got his and her images here for you. All right. Yeah. Okay. So I've got a masculine image and a feminine image. All right. To, to try to understand how to deal with suffering and then what good can come from suffering. So the masculine image is the image of... I'm seeing a Chevy Corvette and dumbbells right now. <laughs> well, even better than that. Play out I give you, I give you, I give you warfare. I give you axes oh, and swords. Yes. Axes, swords, and combat. Okay. Bring it. Yeah. Combat. So, so... Um, suffering is, and, and, and the, the early fathers, patristics, they love this image. It, it's, it's in the arena or it, or it's on the battlefield. Um, there is, there, every, every active or every experience of suffering is the occasion to, to fight for God, to fight for love. I tell my kids, be strong for love. That's a little, that's mm. a little phrase that I use in my house, mm. but we have to be strong for love. Mm. And every instance of suffering is, is really that choice in the garden over again. Um, will you love God in this? Will I love God in this? Will I fight for God's love in these circumstances? Or am I going to um, crumble and fall and um, seek to uh, you know, please myself with a good that's not God's? Mm-hmm. And not believe that he loves me even in these circumstances. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's one. The other, the, the, the feminine image um, that I just, had a, I just had a baby a month ago uh. is, is childbirth. And okay. the St. Paul gives us this, okay? And there's a tremendous amount of suffering that goes on in childbirth. But what it shows us is that this is all for a purpose. Mm. And this is all, and there's two things. It's all for a purpose because this is contributing to the, to the good that we're trying to birth in the world. And it ends. Mm. And when it ends, it's all wiped away. And there, you know, what no, no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, there is a good prepared for us. And, and um, in the spiritual life, there's something that's in a way even more beautiful than the suffering that goes on naturally in childbirth because it, naturally in childbirth, it isn't as if the more the mother suffers, the better the child is. There isn't that sort of proportion. Um, whereas in the spiritual life, um, what we see is that the, the greatest saints who have opened their hearts most to God are the ones who have suffered the most. So there is a proportion between the amount of suffering that we experience and the good that it opens us to to receive from God. So both of those images, I think, are really, really important and helpful for, for experiencing suffering and recognizing the purpose of it all. Dr. Bungham, you're the man. Everybody, you have been blessed by his presence here on Real Presence Live. We've come to the end. I'm so grateful for you to be with us. Thank you, Dr. Bungham. Great. Thanks, Father. I just want to say one last thing on the heels of this. Dr. Bungham mentioned that we are brought in that image. uh, We are brought back to uh, the choice in the garden. And as he said, we're brought back to the choice in the garden. I didn't think of the garden of Adam and Eve. I thought that the garden where our Lord uh, overcomes. And he's tempted. and, uh, And he says, I... Not my will, but your will be done, Father. Uh, and that's that's the victory. Uh, so that's where we are. We're going to take a break. I wish we had another half an hour. We're going to bring him back because he's awesome. Everybody stay with us. This is Real Presence Live. We'll be back here after the break. <laughs> 